Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. I love you guys. Thank you for a good week in the Word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for um, continuing to just uh, push your way right on through the book of Isaiah. It's a long book, y'all. We're in chapter 48 today. So we've been at this. I don't know how many weeks. I'll look back. Um, chapter 48, Isaiah. We're going verse by verse. And yeah, some of these books are long and some of these chapters become tedious. But I'm telling you one thing. I have yet to go to God's Word on any single day and really devote myself to it and and come away uh, unfed. Do you know what I mean? It's still bread for our soul and uh, and it's good. And chapter 48, I think is kind of complicated and I'm just now beginning to sort of grasp why. Um, it, it It's a strange chapter. It's a strange prophetic oracle, you know, from the prophet Isaiah because uh, it's got judgment and promise all mixed up. You know, it's not one of those just oracles of just, you know, man, you're about to meet my wrath. You're going to get what's coming to you. You have sinned and I'm going to destroy you. There's some of that, but really not, you know. There's, you know, the allegations against God's people. You don't keep your promises. You say you're my people, but you're not my people. I mean, you know, there's that truth told you know, how the people continue to refuse to acknowledge him. But at the same time, I'm going to hold back my anger. I'm not going to wipe you out. You know, there's just this amazing promise and warning and judgment all mixed up as God, you know, reaches out to his people. Scholars, to be honest, struggle with chapter 48 because they don't know what to do with it. You know, is this judgment? Is this warning? Is this promise? Is this assurance? And they don't know how to deal with a chapter that's a little bit of everything and all mixed up. And Honestly, I don't struggle with it at all, and I don't know why anybody can't understand this. I mean, it's complicated because we are complicated. God's not complicated. You know, He loves us, and He struggles with us, and His purposes for us never change. But I'm telling you, oh my goodness, our commitment, our devotion, the way in which we can acknowledge Him with our mouths, but you know, shockingly neglect him with our lives. I mean, you know, we are complicated. And when God, you know, comes down and starts to try to redeem and save and rescue us, it gets complex right away because we 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 are not faithful. We are not pure-hearted. Uh, we are not simple. And so this chapter isn't simple. It's not. It's not hard. But when you read through it, it's you know it's just judgment and promise and assurance and warning all all mixed up and a, a lot of things that are just you know really beautiful and a lot of things that are really heartbreaking here. Uh, so let's uh, let, let's talk about it. Listen to me, O family of Jacob, you who are called by the name of Israel, born into the family of Judah. Listen, you know. Uh, incidentally, it's the same word. You know, you know he was just talking to you know the you know Queen Babylon there, and he was saying, "You listen to me and." Uh, it's the same kind of you know calling to attention here. Listen to me. Listen, Israel. Um, I've called you by name. You are mine. It's the kind of thing that Isaiah tends to emphasize. God continues to appeal to his people through Isaiah in this language of belonging. You are mine. You belong to me. You know I know your name. You know. Um, I think this is so important because we're dealing with people in exile. We're talking about people who live in Babylon. You know, we're talking about people who are a long way from, you know, Judah, the land of Israel, a long way. And some of these people never even knew it. They grew up in exile. They lived in exile. And so when this word comes now, you know, 
When, when the Lord says, no, you belong to me, it's, it's, a, uh, it's complicated because they do belong to the Lord. They, they are his people, but they don't perhaps feel like his people. They don't acknowledge him anymore. They may not even know him. They probably believe in him, but they also got some idols on the side. I mean, as I say, it's just complicated. It, it's complicated. But God is trying to call them back to this simple devotion, you know, call back to simple faithfulness to him. You're mine, you're mine. He's trying to make them remember who they are, you know. And it's not that different for us. I mean, I'm preaching through the book of Revelation in, in the pulpit here at Woodburn. And, and I'm just sort of, you know, struck with that same notion that, you know, it, the Revelation is a promise that this world is not our home. And we got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. And Jesus is going to come back real soon and flush this whole world and take us to another place. And, and we read that as if that's bad news. You know, like we read Revelation and get scared because this world is coming to an end when from the whole beginning of, of, of God's work with us, the point is this world is not our home. We, we weren't created for this world. We were created for a better place, for, for life with him. But, oh my goodness, it turns out we love this world. We love our lives. And, and this is the dilemma in chapter 48 because God is going to send Cyrus and Cyrus is going to conquer Babylon. And the exiles can go home. But will they go home? I mean, you know, there's the pleading verse in verse 20. Even now, be free from your captivity. Leave Babylon. Leave the Babylonians. But the problem is they're looking at each other and thinking, well, you know, are, are, are we not Babylonians? You know, we've lived our whole life in Babylon. Are, are we not Babylon? You know, they don't know who they are. And even though God sets them free, it's not clear that they're going to be free because they may choose to live in captivity for the rest of their lives, them and their children. I mean, do you understand that? I mean, the door's wide open. Cyrus is going to come. He's going to set them free. But will they even go home? Some of them won't. Some will. But it's going to be a shockingly small number of those who, who believe this promise and go back to a home that they've never known because Babylon's the only home they've ever had, you know? And this is the problem. God says, I've done all these things, but you stupid people, look at your idols and you think your idol did it for you, you know? I will not share my glory with another, the Lord says. I mean, it's just so complicated because the people are complicated. Their hearts are not pure. God's devotion to his people is so faithful, but oh my goodness, the people are so unfaithful. I'm really interested in that those verses uh, 18, 19, and this whole uh, idea of what I would, I guess I would call it lost blessing. I mean, I, 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 I don't really debate because I'm not interested in debating people, but, uh, but I'm always interested in those who really, in my mind, kind of overemphasize um, what they would call the sovereignty of God. Now, you can't overemphasize God's sovereignty. He is sovereign over all the powers that be, over heaven, earth, everything. I mean, God is God. God is sovereign. But, but uh, the sovereignty also gets complicated when it comes to us because God sets his sovereignty in many ways aside for the sake of, of, of dealing with us. And what that means is God doesn't get everything he wants. I mean, he just doesn't. Read the Bible. God doesn't get everything he wants. I mean, Jesus sat there at Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, how often I would have gathered you under my wings like a hen with her chickens, but you would not. I mean, you know, Jesus, Jesus saying, this is what I wanted, but I didn't get it because you wouldn't, you know. 
Once God begins giving us free will, all of a sudden we start making choices God would not make. You, you, you see that? But God sets his sovereignty aside for the sake of saving us. Read Philippians chapter 2. And, and so here in, in Isaiah 48, uh, 18 and 19, oh gosh, if you'd have just listened to my commands, you know, you would have had. I mean, notice all these, it's, it's the regret of God. It's this lost blessing. Do you know what you would have had? You know, you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river, righteousness rolling over you like waves of the sea. Your children, you know, it's just lost blessing. You have any idea what your life, I think some of you do actually, you have a sense of what your life would have been like if you just listened to the Lord, you know? You know how much mess you could have missed if you'd have learned your lessons early and, and, and most of us reached the point if we follow the Lord at all, that we recognize that, man, I, I wasted, you know, uh, wasted so many precious years, you, you know. And, and this is exactly what Isaiah is saying here. You know, gosh, you could have had, it, your life could have been so different. All of this could have turned out so differently, but you didn't listen to the Lord. I guess the question becomes, are you going to listen now? I mean, yeah, uh, you, you've, you've had a lot of mess in your life because you wouldn't listen, but you could miss a lot of mess now. If you would repent and, and, and listen to him, uh, you could have had peace like a river. And then again, the last verse of the chapter, there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Uh, you, you know, I read that verse and I guess my first instinct is to say, yeah, we're talking about the wicked here. And, and we are, but make no mistake, we're talking about disobedient believers here. You know, it, it, talking about the wicked here, talking about me and you you know, who persist in our wickedness. So we're not wicked, we're the people of God. But oh yeah, you call yourself a believer, but at the same time, your, your life is so stunningly, you know, absent of true dedication or devotion to the Lord. Your thoughts are, you know, shockingly absent of any thought of the Lord. I mean, you know, uh, acknowledging God honors God. And you can't say you honor God with your life when you don't acknowledge him with your thoughts and your actions. And and we are those wicked here that have no peace. I mean, I mean, honestly, in your own life right now, if you're lacking peace, if you're that person, you can't sleep at night. You know, you just your brain just works all the time. You're just never at peace. Always worried. Always guilty. Always ashamed. I'm, I'm just saying, if if you're one of those people, I'm not saying that that there's probably sin in your life, but it's a good place to start. Do a ruthless moral inventory of your own life and, and, and repent of any sin that you find there. I mean, acknowledge God and repent of your sin and, and to try to find the way back. My, my hunch is, you know, the, the, the peace that I will find flowing in my life like a river is directly related to my ability to open my heart to the Lord with obedience and follow his ways and listen to his word and it's complicated because I don't do those things very well. And chapter 48 is complicated because God's people won't live as God's people. And even now, when they are being set free from captivity, it's not even altogether clear that they'll even go home. You know, what God has done to rescue and bring them home and the fact that they may not even go home because they're too stubborn uh, to be free, even when God has set them free. Isn't that crazy? I'd say we're going to pick up right here on Monday, but we're not, y'all. My vacation. It's been all summer, y'all, and I, I haven't 
take him a vacation, taking it uh, starting next Monday. So I'm going to take two weeks off, a, a two-week break from Tim with Tim. So uh, you guys, you'll be fine. <laughs> Stay in the word. Uh, when we come back, uh, I will resume Tim with Tim on August 23rd. I know it sounds like a long time away. August 23rd, and we'll pick up right here in Isaiah chapter 49, okay? So I'm taking off on vacation. I'm just telling you guys that because uh, I know you're faithful and you're going to look for me. Uh, if you're a robber, or uh, would, 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 you know, take advantage of my being gone, then in, in that case, don't listen to what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just saying I'm going to be on vacation unless you're a robber. <laughs> but if you're my 10 with 10 folks, listen, two weeks, I'll be gone. Come back. Uh, I'll be back with 10 with 10 on Wednesday, uh, uh, August 23rd. We'll pick up on Isaiah chapter 49. I promise I'll be praying for you. I will be in the Word. I'll be trying to stay ahead for you guys. I, I, you know, I know it takes 10 minutes sometimes to go through these lessons, but it takes me more than that to get ready to teach uh, and to get ready to have something to say, you know. And so uh, I'll, I'll be uh, on the beach, but I'll be studying the Word, and I pray that you'll stay in the Word too. I love you guys so much. Next time I see you, I'll be tanned and relaxed, uh, but uh, that doesn't mean we're not blessed today. I love you. I will see you soon, and uh, stay in the Word. All right? I'll see you on August 23rd. I'll see you in chapter 49. Okay, I'll see you then.